This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani with the Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome, America, to uh, to our one hour of covering a lot of the news, a lot of the information that you just don't get uh any any uh, place else except on a First Amendment station like this, where we honor the First Amendment and respect it and don't censor news and cut you off and cut off telling you information. Uh, this is a weekend that uh, underscores the reason why uh, crime is the number one political issue in many of the cities around this country during this Midterm election, it is certainly in New York. Uh, in fact, in New York, crime is the number one issue in the state. Most of the other states, it's balanced more uh, in that the economy, inflation, uh, the issues surrounding that, the difficulty in uh, being able to, uh, uh, to buy the things you need for your family and the increased cost of it tends to be number one, but crime is number two. Now, the reason I say that is, it's real. This is, I mean, sometimes political issues are, uh, exaggerated. Sometimes political issues are spun. Uh, sometimes political issues are put out there because they help one political party or another and the political party works really, really hard to get it out. Uh, however, uh, this, this is about as real as it gets. Let's just look at, um, the place we, we check out uh, very often on weekends. As uh, as a uh, uh, kind of bellwether as to what's going on, Chicago. This weekend in the city of Chicago, there were fifty-one shootings. That's re- that's just crazy. Fifty-one shootings in the city of Chicago. Ten dead. Nine of the shootings were juveniles. Crime is up in the city of Chicago that has a Soros uh, Democrat DA, uh, which I think is true of each one of the cities I'm going to discuss today and true of most of the cities that are setting crime records. Most of them are uh, most of them have Soros criminal uh, loving uh, DAs. By that, I mean they put criminals out on the street. Uh, Crime, as I said, is a 46 percent altogether. In the city of Chicago, 51 shootings, 10 dead, nine uh, juveniles. The city in a in a, the city that's pushing Chicago really, really hard to me, the most dangerous city in America. It's the city of Philadelphia, which is a small city. There are already over 400 dead in uh, Philadelphia and ahead of last year. Last year, they had more homicides by the end of the year than at any time in the entire long history of the city of Philadelphia. Uh, some of those statistics and demographics were released uh, the other day, 
and 78% of the people killed in that record year in Philadelphia. 78% were, were, were African-American. I mean, that is extraordinary. It's a terrible thing. And uh, have you heard any of the uh, Black Lives Matter racists? Have you heard them say anything about those uh, 78% blacks that were murdered in the city of uh, Philadelphia last year? That percentage, by the way, roughly 72 to 80%. Uh, would be true in Chicago and would be true in New York as well. We never hear ever, ever, ever any group that includes uh, this group in the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, group of people that are, are, are that we're concerned about. We're just not concerned about their death. Their death means uh, n- nothing. Dominic Johnson Murray. I just pick one so that his name can be heard. He's only 31 years old. It was his birthday yesterday, but he wasn't around for his birthday because several weeks earlier he was shot in the back for reasons uh, as yet determined um, 17 times. And his life was ended at 31 years old. Um I don't remember Black Lives Matter speaking about Dominic Johnson Murray. Do you? I don't remember any of the of the of the um, of the people accusing of the police of slaughtering black people. I don't remember any of them talking about Dominic Johnson Murray, who is one of the seventy eight percent of black people who have been killed because of the surge, the record surge in murder in a city with a Democratic mayor, a state with a Democratic governor, a state with a Democratic attorney general who encourages the completely lawless district attorney, Krasner, put in there by Soros's millions to let criminals go free. And uh, since he's been the district attorney, uh, each year murder has gone up and up and up. And nobody seems to care that his policies are the root cause, without any doubt, of the massive increase in murder in the city of Philadelphia. And again, 78% black lives that don't matter to Democrat politicians because they never mention it, they never talk about it, and they don't do anything, and they keep the Soros three to $4 million uh, DA there, who is supported by both of the major candidates for statewide office in Pennsylvania, strongly supported by uh, Shapiro, the attorney general, who would like to be the governor, maybe so he can do and try to figure out how to do more damage in other cities in Pennsylvania. Maybe they could... Maybe they could emulate Philadelphia and let 30 to 40 to 50 percent of the criminals go free so they can set records for murder. Why should Philadelphia be the only city in the state that murders people at record numbers? 
And then, of course, uh, Mr. Fetterman, who sometimes, I, I, I don't understand when he talks. Uh, he has been a very strong supporter of Krasner. He's been a very strong supporter of letting people out of jail. He's been a very strong supporter of defunding the police. He and Shapiro are going to make quite a combination. They're going to take a city that has already set a record for murder. It's on its way to setting another record for murder, and they're going to send it right through the roof. I mean, people are going to start forgetting the 51 shootings in Chicago, nine juveniles and 10 dead, because Philadelphia is going to start exceeding them. Nobody cares. Where's the rallies for these people? Where's the outrage about this? Where are the people speaking out against it? What program does the president have to 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 reverse it? He's he's uh, uh, working on um, on the insurrection of January six. That uh, was an insurrection without guns. He's uh, working with his attorney general on parents who would rather not have their children sex change without knowing about it, who are terrorists. Or uh, he's working on people who support Trump that he seems to want to put in jail for (laughs) trumped-up charges. Frames, like the most dangerous man in America was Mr. Pillows. Well, that was a big arrest. Wow, you guys did a great job of Mr. Pillows. <laughs> Crime may be setting records in Philadelphia and 50 people may be getting shot in Chicago, but the pillow fighting is sure down. You idiots. I, I get really mad because crime can sometimes be caused by very complex things. This isn't complex. It's being caused by the policies and the programs espoused by a political party called Democrat who lie and cheat at the top. Not all Democrats, but the crooked ones that seem to gravitate toward running for office so they can be powerful and important and push you around. This is your time to push them back and push them out. Why not speak out for those people who no one's spoken out for and say, I don't know, after 50 years of Democratic rule in Chicago and 50 people get shot over a weekend, maybe we maybe maybe we need a change. huh? After uh, Philadelphia, you know, now for the second year in a row is going to set a record for murder in its long, long history under complete Democrat domination with a D.A. who seems to like criminals. With a party that wants more criminals to vote because they know who the criminals are going to vote for. Maybe it's time to vote them out of office. The democratic way. And let them go fix themselves and come back. And when they want to care about black lives, you, you know, how about, how about the uh, 10 that were taken in Chicago this weekend? Huh? How about Dominic, uh, Johnson Murray? who was shot 31, to, uh, 31 times in the back in Philadelphia, and no one remembers or, or, or care. How about them? How about we make the laws work for them rather than against them, huh? Well, our, our mayor uh, had a summit this weekend for crime. 
mayors that have summits for crime don't know what the hell they're doing. That's why they have summits for crime. It's a it's a political thing. I heard Ray Kelly on radio yesterday who wasn't at the summit at, on crime. Now, wh- why you wouldn't have at the summit on crime to reduce crime in New York, the longest uh, the longest uh, 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 running uh, police commissioner in the history of the city who uh, had a city that was a uh, hundred times safer than the present one. I don't know. And he was an appointee of President Clinton. And I'm, I'm sure they're not going to have me there because I'm a I'm a Republican. And therefore, uh, they rather they'd rather have me um, gone in some way, uh, disbarred uh, in prison. Uh, I just happen to have reduced crime in New York City more than any mayor in the history of the city and more than any mayor in the history of any place. But uh, their summit didn't need uh, my help because the fact that I did what none of the people at that summit ever did didn't seem to make sense to them, nor did it make sense that Ray Kelly should be there, who was an extraordinary uh, police commissioner who took uh, what I did and and continued it and improved it. But um, Ray Kelly has said a few, although, as I said, a Democrat, a few uh, questionable things about the mayor, about what a terrible job he's doing. I mean, the, the numbers tell you what a terrible job he's doing. Crime is up. Crime is up in a city he promised to bring crime down. You've got to be held accountable for that, particularly when you spend your evenings going to clubs, many of them that are well known for all kinds of uh, <laughs> sniffing and snuffing. Well, we'll be back right after the break. And uh, we'll take your calls, and we've got uh, we got some politics to cover. Come right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani back on, uh, and I want to uh, say that when you call, you should begin by congratulating me on making it in for the show today. It was a close call after the shock of the Yankees losing last night. Uh, all sharp objects and other things were kept out of my room. Uh, I had an all-night uh, surveillance to make sure I didn't jump out the window. I do live, you know, several stories up. Uh, and But I made it. I want you to know, it, you know, it took a little counseling by, this is, these are all private matters. I don't want to go into too deeply, but I am now uh, stable, at least uh, for now. Uh, I guess when I see the first game of the playoffs, I might start crying uncontrollably. But, I mean, how did I, – I don't understand it. They just stopped hitting. I mean, it's like in in the second to last game, I'm watching it. I was – I was – oh, and many of you joined me for it because we were on um, – we were on uh, 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 Twitter. We were on uh, YouTube. And uh, 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 we were we were on – were we on Truth? I'm not sure we were on Truth. Hmm. We're on Getter, though, and uh, we got lots of comments. It was very interesting because, you know, people 
kept asking questions, making comments. Just great, you know, when people – baseball is the kind of game you can kind of talk about while you're watching it because it moves a little slower than football. Football, you talk about the game's over. The ending of the Giant game yesterday, however, was unreal. I mean, right right down to the uh, – the Jacksonville took it right down to the one-yard line. And the Giants made a heroic play, stopping the guy from getting into the end zone. I mean, I, I've, I've rarely seen that. Rarely, rarely ever seen that. So the mayor had a, a summit on crime. One of the things he might have been told is don't invite people to, uh, to come here who come into the country illegally. It is very possible that if they come into the country illegally, they may be illegal. And not, not all, but it may be that some of those people coming in uh, may be fooling you when they say they're, uh, they're uh, fleeing political persecution or they're, I mean, in fact, um, it, 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 a little evidence of that might be the fact that we've got two years in a row of record overdoses from drugs, particularly fentanyl, that come over that border where people are coming in, the border that Biden has opened uh, wide and lets anybody come in that wants to come in without any vetting or anything. In fact, there is some vetting done, and it's done by the by the Mexican cartels. So one suggestion maybe on the top of the list of this summit might be uh, that the mayor should not invite uh, people who come in this country illegally to come to New York, or at least certainly not in the numbers like 30 or 40 or 50,000 that are bankrupting him. And, and actually uh, resulting in the homeless people in the city being treated uh, what appears to be close to inhumanely while the uh, illegal people coming in are treated uh, rather rather nicely from what you can see. Uh, that might that might help. Uh, I think Ray Kelly has the, the one he didn't invite, who, uh, as far as I could tell, based on the group that he had there, would have been the only one to ever reduce crime. Uh has a suggestion. Uh, let's play this on on um, on number seven. It would be Ray Kelly, former police commissioner and great police commissioner. We were the safest big city in America just a few years ago. So this is not brain surgery. You go back and look at the things we were doing then, and you re-implement them. But uh, apparently, the mayor doesn't want to doesn't want to do this. Doesn't want to put back in anti-crime units. Doesn't want to. Uh, use the stop and frisk in a natural, normal. Thank you. We'll be back uh, very shortly. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, back with you again. And uh, just want to make the point about uh, uh, the mayor's uh, summit that he does have an approach to subway violence. I do have to say that. And it's an interesting approach, somewhat different than mine, or I would imagine Ray Kelly's, or people who have actually reduced crime. Uh, his his approach is um, to uh, point out to you that it's just a perception, and uh, it's being exaggerated by the press. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's tell that to the 15 year old girl uh, this weekend who was stabbed in the hip. Uh, while she was on a train in East Harlem, or the 33-year-old who was uh, uh, stabbed in both legs in Greenwich Village. That was on the subway where there is no crime, there's just a perception. And I guess the answer to it would be that the uh, uh, press shouldn't cover it. Then it would not have happened. 
Now, when you do what Adams did when he did that, you make everything much worse. You you increase the fear of crime because instead of the people of the city feeling they have a mayor who has a a grasp of the problem and a and an understanding of it, and there's a steady hand uh, uh, dealing with this and and trying to bring it down, uh, it sounds like you have a you know a political uh, 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 sort of weasel that that uh, is trying to convince you that. Uh, just because the numbers are really lower and, or, but the numbers aren't. The subway crime is up 40. Subway crime is up 40%. Subway violent crime, the most violent subway crimes are up over 40%. Those are monumental increases in crime, Adams. And nothing about subway crime. And maybe the, maybe the, um, Summit made up of people who, as far as I can tell, never reduced a single crime. Maybe they have an, a new approach of accepting the perception and just changing the newspaper articles. And then there can be 40% increase, but I guess if we don't know it, what well, if we happen to be the one caught, well, that's too bad. We're going to be dead, like all those people that die every weekend and Black Lives Matter doesn't care about it. Uh, but you won't be hurt by it or held accountable for for lying to us when you ran for office, telling us you were going to make this a uh, a, pri- a priority. Uh, boy, you are between you and uh, the halfwit that's running for governor, who all she seems to care about is how much money she can make in her pay-for-play schemes that keep pro- proliferating between her and her husband looking to make millions from the concessions on the Buffalo Stadium. You got our state headed for uh, complete destruction. I mean, uh, we lose more people than any other state anyway. I don't know what else you can do to us. I absolutely don't. So let's go to uh, let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Jim. How are you? All righty. I'm a Met fan, so I know how you feel right now. <laughs> I know. Too bad. I mean, we both got sort of embarrassed this this this, this season. But what are you going to do? Collapse, unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too much. Too much of a collapse. But the the perception of crime is created by criminals. So the criminals <laughs> create the perception of crime. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is incredible. I mean, they they, they just they, they they think we're fools. They really do. They think they they assume we are a bunch of. Uh, dummies, and uh, they can just say anything they want. Well, I want to get back to the, the race in uh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, you, you were going to uh, talk about Warnock, right? Yeah, Warnock. Uh, it's out in a book by Trevor Loudon, 15 subversive lawmakers, ex- lawmakers exposed, security risk senators. It's all documented. Raphael Warnock, you could say he's an out-and-out communist. There's no doubt about it when you read the background. And I have a book for you Trevor sent me. You know, Trevor Loudon is a fan of yours. He's from New Zealand, and he knows about you. I told him a lot about you, but he knew about you before. So in conservative circles, you're considered like an American hero. So I got the book for you. It's called Security Risk Senators. Now, if Herschel Walker had this information, he should put it out there. This is very serious. Security Risk Senators. Is it available in the U.S. to the people listening? Uh, he became a citizen, a proud citizen. No, but I mean, is it, is it, it, can they get it like on Amazon or? Yeah, it's out there everywhere, but I have a copy for you that oh, was sent to me good. for you. I just got to get it to you. Well, then but just send the it. Book, 
The other book, uh, White House Reds, has all the documented stuff on Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I know Trevor. He doesn't print anything he can't document. Like there's some things I know and witnessed I'll tell him, but he won't publish it because he needs to be Yeah, good. I'm like that, too. He does a good job of it. I mean, I have a, I have a bunch of stuff that I know. I mean, the stuff I put out on Biden is all stuff I can I can document with tapes and, and videos and I got plenty more stuff that I, I have a one I have one witness for, and I, I'm not going to say it until I can prove it. And I, I mean, I I agree, I I agree with that, but I'm I'm really going to enjoy that book. And I got to run to a guest, but we'll talk later in the week, Jim. You're always enormously helpful. Thank you. God bless you. You you just do such a service for this country. And now I have uh, on the line uh, an, a, a, a former high level aide to. Uh, to the president and also to the secretary of the treasury, a, a, a friend of mine and a guy who represented me as a lawyer also. Um, he is, uh, Brian Morgenstern and he has a very, very interesting book out about a somewhat different White House story in the, in the, in the, in the Reagan White House. Brian, how are you? Mayor, it's great to be with you. I share your despair at our Yankees performance, but it is always great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. So tell us about the book. Tell us about the, it's a very interesting book, a very interesting premise, and I think people are going to love this book. I appreciate it. So it's called Vignettes and Vino. It is actually available in stores tomorrow. You can order it right now on Amazon, at Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's called Vignettes and Vino, Dinner Table Stories from the Trump White House with Recipes <laughs> and Cocktail Pairings. So my <laughs> wife and I both worked for President Trump I know that. Uh, yep. at, towards the end of the administration, and we had all these interesting experiences dealing with these household names like President Trump, the vice president, the coronavirus task force and all the doctors that you saw on TV, uh, events with sports legends like Mariano Rivera, um, all kinds of interesting experiences at the White House. And we wanted to share them. It's not your typical political book. It's not, uh, you know, too much of a gossip rag. We don't go after too many people, although there are <laughs> negative stories, I will say. But it's mostly supposed to be uplifting and, and interesting. We just wanted to share our, our, our experiences. And we put a recipe and a cocktail with each story. So it's useful, too. And and the reason for the recipe and the cocktail, Brian? Yes. Does it, does it so, fit? Does it fit with a particular... Uh, 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 story? Yes, we found a, a tie-in with each one. Um, for example, I, we have a steak sandwich. Yeah, give us an example. There. Yeah, so the Clubhouse Steak Sandwich is a great new uh, way of doing a steak sandwich with medallions and champagne vinaigrette, really interesting flavors. We paired that with a story where we were at President Trump's golf club, uh, and we know he loves steak, so we made the Clubhouse Steak Sandwich, and so that's how we paired that up. I have another one where I was with Secretary Mnuchin, Secretary of the Treasury, and we were doing a morning interview with Squawk Box on CNBC, and we were preparing for it over breakfast. So we have a great breakfast sandwich recipe that we paired with that story. So each one has a little tie-in, uh, and it just makes the book more useful, more interesting, and uh, really a one-stop shop for a dinner party. You've got crazy stories. And at the, the, and at the same time, interesting stories about... Uh, let's let's say an unusual White House. I mean, like they were all unusual in one way or another, but the Trump White House was a particularly exciting one. Um, I, I I was gonna I I was gonna I I thought your book should be called something like you know uh, love in the time of persecution. <laughs> you and your and your wife are a love story, really, right? 
Well, that is true. We, we met uh, right when she was about to start a job in the administration, and I had started my job in the administration. And then we found our way to the White House around the same time. Ended up, uh, we got engaged while we worked at the White House. Yeah, I know that. I mean, that's a, that, yeah. Not, not, yeah. And, of course, the anti-Trumpers would never believe that people could fall in love in the Trump White House. Oh, my God. I mean, that was, know, that was like the, uh, Dante's fifth level of hell. <laughs> right. I mean, how can you fall in love when, when you're both growing horns? And now you're trying head. to hurt, just do anything you can to hurt the American people. I mean, just sitting there every day trying to figure out what can I do. <laughs> I mean, uh, right. you, you also, I mean, the amazing thing about the Trump White House that will always amaze me is with all of the persecution and then the pandemic and everything else, the amount that was accomplished. I mean, I, yeah. I I used to tell him that I thought if the pressure were taken off, he'd probably be a failure. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. But- I, I wondered if they if the investigation had ended, I wonder if he would be as effective. I mean, he was remarkable because I would go there and I'd spend sometimes you know take up two or three of his hours during the day, but in between it, he'd be figuring out what to do about North Korea and what to do about inflation and what to do about. All the problems he prevented that Biden has now given us. That's true. And, and you know, one of the great things about President Trump, I, I think what created a lot of that pressure, of course, is that he was unconventional. He wasn't part of the swamp. He didn't he didn't follow the rules of the bureaucrats in Washington, which, which led to even more attacks on him. But that was also one of the great things about his administration and how we were able to get so much done because we didn't subscribe to conventional wisdom. Uh, if we had, I don't think we would have gotten the tax cuts bill through. 100%. Led, which led to unprecedentedly low unemployment rates for all Americans, African-Americans, Asians, Hispanics, women, for everyone. Everyone was doing better because we passed that bill. It wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the proverbial bull in a china shop, President Trump, making Congress uh, take action, really. Um, he, of course, uh, did a great job on the border. That was something that no other Republicans the what? to have the will the what? to attack it on the border. We, we have a border? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we used it. You mean the one we used to have? <laughs> the one that exists in theory. Exactly. Yes, right, in theory, it's right. It's on a map. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, you did a great job. I, I saw you many, many times there under times when either you were under pressure or I was under pressure, and but you've always always kept your balance and, and sanity and, 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 and tremendous common sense. You're also one hell of a lawyer. So the best to you, your wife, and, and uh, let's get vignettes and vino. I mean, I think something like that would be wonderful to read to get a different kind of kind of look at the White House, which was quite human, like they all are. And you're quite yeah. a guy. Thanks, Brian. I, I really thank you for your kind words. It's so great to talk to you. It's and great. I really appreciate Miss you. It. We'll see you soon. That 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 uh, that man was my uh, lawyer uh, for three or four years in a case that uh, that I had and um, did very well in because of him. And uh, then he uh, he moved on to the White House, where he worked both with the Secretary of the Treasury, who he mentioned, Secretary Mnuchin, and with the President, and uh, was an economic advisor, and uh, and then did and then did uh, uh, a good deal of press work because, as you can tell, he's a very very articulate um, very articulate man and and person, and um, they need, when they needed when they needed reinforcements in the press office, Brian came in and was quite a re in
enforcement. Uh, so let's see. Uh, what about, uh, what about Rob in Sea Caucus? Hello, everybody. How are you, Rob? Hi, listeners. Hi, Rudy. Congratulations. There were no sharp objects or projectiles in the room last night. <laughs> well, the Giants kind of made up for it a little with that crazy win they had. But So how you doing, Rob? I'm doing well. Doing well, thank you. My, my cousin Vinny calls me last night in the middle of the game, um, and he, he, he made a comment. He said I should bring up to you. There was one other. I'm calling about another uh, thing on on early voting, but let me let me hit this one first. Is that he notices that like the front the, the home team advantage seems to be like this. It, it, it there's not there doesn't seem to be much of a home team advantage where people are usually very supportive in the audience. And Vinny he was noticing that in the front seats, especially where you usually have like the corporate guys who put their family and friends up in the in, in, up at the front. And he says there's really nobody there, and nobody's emotional, and nobody's getting into it in the game. It was just an observation he made. He uh, he was wondering if you if you thought that there was any credibility to that. Yeah, there is. I, I think so. The, the, the people watching the game with me noted it also uh, that they were empty. Now it was true in the early innings they were emptier because Yankee fans and Met fans too are notoriously late for games. But it remained that way. Now, I would say last night maybe had a couple of excuses, but it was true the night before, too. And last night's excuses are uh, so, some of these fair-weather fans probably gave up when they were down 3-0. It was also risk, risking, you know, getting a little wet, wet on your head. Um, and then those seats are darn expensive. So if any seats are going to be empty, it's going to be those because people can't afford them. Uh, and, um, and, and if the corporate types who, who you know, sometimes have them to have them rather than because they're really dedicated baseball fans. Uh, they, they really they really have to figure out how you put those seats and more of them in the hands of dedicated fans rather than corporate types who use them, you know, to show off or or to sell things or whatever. But you I think you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, I mean, part of it is the way they played, too. I mean, the few times they ignited, the few times, like at the very beginning of the game, when Beta let off with a hit, which was exactly what you had to do, uh, they were excited. But uh, the the Yankees played a very dispirited baseball. Uh, uh, Bader came ready to play, but it's hard to find others that did. Tough, 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 tough on New York fans with the Yankees and the Mets. Both going out after having hundred win seasons, they gotta look back if they uh, if they ever had a hundred win season both in the same season. Maybe when they went to the World Series, I don't think the Mets had a hundred wins that year. I'm not even sure the Yankees did. The Yankees had a hundred wins a year or two before that. But we'll take a look and see. And I mean, and by and large, historically, the Yankees and the Mets have been good at different times, which is why. They only ended up in the World Series one time, or really only a few times kind of like headed for the World Series. Uh, the, the Mets, when the Mets were really good and had their, you know, a couple of championship teams, the, the Yankees were, were sort of middling and, and vice versa. But right now they both look like they're pretty solid. I mean, I, the Yankees will compete next year, and so will the Mets. The Mets were just too good not to compete again next next year. We're going to take a break now and come back with the mayor's final words. The mayor of New York City. 
This is Rudy Giuliani back with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show with the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Don't forget to make your $11 contribution per month to Tunnel to Towers to assist our men and women in uniform who are severely injured or who, God forbid, lose their lives uh, protecting us. And right there is Tunnel to Towers to help them. And, of course, they're empowered by your contributions. Can't do anything better. Cannot do anything better. In lieu of my final thought, so I'm going to get a final thought in, I, I just have to play this, and I haven't heard this. I'm just wondering how you do this on radio. This is number three, guys. And it's um, this is Joe Biden yesterday when, I mean, I don't know what else he's going to do, but he fell asleep during his interview on television. And I'm going to see how you how you get across on radio the fact that he fell asleep. So let's play number three. Number three. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh. Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, that I, uh, that, that we're, that we're doing something very important. This man has uh, the ability to destroy the world. It's not funny. I, I used to laugh at this and, um, and I was stupid. I was acting like a child. I mean, I remember, you know, Friends of mine, or or um, or Dr. Maria, when she does the uh, uh, un- uncovering the truth show with me, or when I have guests on here, every once in a while we'll put on one of these things where he falls down going up, or he uh, turns around doesn't know where he's going, or he's looking for dead people, uh, and and our first instinct is to laugh, uh, or even to feel bad. Well, neither neither one is an appropriate reaction. Number one, there's nothing to laugh about. Shouldn't laugh anyway. I mean, even if he, even if, even if, uh, he wasn't the, you know, he just some poor person just suffering with this, which is a terrible thing to suffer with. Uh, but number two, you shouldn't feel sorry for him because he's not sitting in a nursing home suffering with this or in his basement. He's the leader of the free world, which isn't going to be a free world much longer if we continue to have the kind of, uh, uh, Direction or lack of direction, which is uh, uh, headed straight towards socialism, communism. Uh, I mean, a group of New York State Assembly people went to the were paid a huge amount of money to go to Austria to view socialism and to go to the Karl Marx houses. You want to know if we're communists? Yeah. Well, this is Rudy Giuliani. I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow as we move closer and closer to twenty. 22 elections. God bless America. Rudy Giuliani. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.